0: Welcome to another edition of the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, alongside Rachel Burford. How are we, Burf? You busy girl, just sitting around the place?
1: Uh, morning, Johnny. Um, really good, thank you. Yeah, just a, a little quick trip over to Toulouse for a couple of days, um, meeting some of the players, just to talk about. Obviously, there's a new series coming up, um, and it's a bit of a revamp and a new change. So we're just working closely with the players liaising with World Rugby um, and yeah, and just getting ourselves ready for it.
0: That's with your international players hat on, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right. So just that's what we do. We represent the players. So making sure that we're kind of connecting everybody up together, seeking feedback on certain elements, taking that back to World Rugby, then, you know, it kind of keeps going in that circle, just constant consultation between the players and World Rugby Really important, isn't it? Because they're the ones in the middle of the pitch. They're the ones who... Their livelihoods are all based around it. So it's important that we get it right and we understand the rationale and everything. And yes, yeah, so it was nice to get over to Toulouse. Weather was like England. It, well, apart from now, it, but it was sunny one minute, raining the next. But they do coffee and croissants so good. So good. Oh, it's good you're only there for two days.
0: Fabulous, fabulous spot, Toulouse. Place Capitale is mm. a, a very special place. But what what... I know mean, you may not be able to, to say, but generally, you, you've done this for a while. Now, what are the generally the, the the sticking points? What are the things top of the players' list to say? Do you know what? That's that's still not right. Um, can we can we have a, a another look at that?
1: Well, I think it's it's a there's always a number of things, and you've got to remember that the landscape is always so different for everybody. What might work in New Zealand doesn't necessarily work in France, and so it's trying to find common ground and find solutions to some issues that are going on and but ultimately like players want things to really work and want to be part of that process and I think that's the main thing is making sure that they're part of the process all the way through and um, not when it's just a kind of decision time and and we're letting you know what's happening it's actually let's go on this journey together which is really really important so just having those touch points with players is why it's important for me I, I was meant to be going with my colleague but he's actually um got sick on the day so but it's important that we have these touch points just to make sure that world rugby are hearing all the different views and then they can also make informed you know decisions or not necessarily decisions but create opportunities based on those um that information coming through
0: yeah it, it, it's absolutely vital and it's exactly the way it should be i Struggle sometimes with rugby union, it's um, it, it struggles to, to use the expertise and, and experience and knowledge that's out there, and it's sort of quite a closed book in, in some circumstances. Um, choosing coaches, all that kind of stuff, it's um, yeah, very, very guarded. Anyway, no, good to um, good to you be able to sort of be being able to brush up on your, on your on your French. No doubt you are fully. Really French the entire time you're in to lose. Anyway, coming up on the pod today, we're going to chat through um, New Zealand's dominance in the world of sevens. Uh, Wallaroo legend retires and some more movements in the Red Roses coaching team. And we'll also talk about the Premier 15s, just is drawing to those playoff places. This is the Women's Rugby Pod. So let's stay on these shores to kick us off then, Berth. The old game-changer event at the weekend. Your Harlequin's side dazzled at the stook with 80 points to 7, 12 tries in all with uh, Ellie Kildun, the Red Roses fullback back racking She loves a try, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're very lucky to get the ball off her. She likes taking it on herself, um, get the old crowbar out at times. But no, she's a brilliant finisher, and it was great to see, actually, like I don't think we've kind of seen that X factor from Al for a while, and you know she was just in her element at the weekend, and it was really, really good to see.
0: Yeah, she's a she's a very talented player indeed, uh, and a, a a good event. You probably want a, a closer game, wouldn't you? Um, but Harlequin's leading leading the way in these these kind of events.
1: Yeah, it was really special. You know, we're we're a club that really try and have these exciting opportunities for players, big game, the game changer. Obviously, we had the double header with the little game because of the cancellation with yeah, you know, during Christmas. Um, but yeah, it's such a great occasion for everyone to be involved in, for family, friends. We had we just had our first alumni event, so we invited all previous players along. Uh it's something that we want to continue to do and um, to really make sure that we kind of connect you know not just what's happening today but what's been before us and it was nice to have karen finley down there and and some of the old players and um it was a really really nice event and hopefully we'll just keep building on that so so yeah it was a it was a magnificent day you know fireworks the flames all the kids running around with face paints and yeah it was quality day out
0: i didn't know you're doing that i don't quite sure how i I missed that one but so no it's um I know Worcester did it last week. I think it's really important to to, to remember the history and where, where it's all come from, so uh, no. Nice. Well done, Harlequins. Um, yeah, as we say, um, yeah, a fine victory. Um, 80 points to seven over Was. Worcester ran in eight tries in front of a, yeah, like you, uh, a crowd full of uh At six ways, beating DMP 48-7. Lydia Thompson on the score sheet with a with a brace as well as Meg Varley. Both of those back. Um great to see Lydia Thompson back out and, and doing what she does best scoring tries.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, missed her over the six nations, not being a, not being part of the squad and just knowing the talent that she is, but you know, she's good to see that she's performing for Worcester and delivering on what, you know, wingers pride themselves on, which is finishing and and one of the tries where she literally, just the next step, she, like, eats up 10 metres. It, it's just so rapid.
0: She's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And, uh, yeah, lovely person to b- boot. Bristol stayed in the hunt, didn't they? With a maximum of five points up at sale, 24.49. Uh, congratulations to Vicky E. Irwin. Vicky E. Irwin. Because there's a couple of Vicky Irwins up there, do not Uh With her 50th cap for the club. Uh, Gloss the heartbreaker circus overcame love for lightning at Franklin's Gardens. Bethany Lewis with a, a couple worth looking up. The Helena Roland try. Talking of X Factor, special talent.
1: Yeah, it was class try, and it's just it's it's a bit of a trademark, isn't it? We've seen her doing a red rose shirt, and also now back playing for club colours. Good to see that she's you know picking up where exactly where she left off. Where'd player play? Her. Put him.
0: Where do you play her?
1: Um. Just talking I about Ellie she...
0: Kildon and that yeah. X factor, and she loves to try. You're not displacing. Um. Obviously, Helen Roman in the wing with uh, Abby Dow, or whatever. But centers
1: ten. I think. I think it's going to start moving towards you know who the who you play against. To then what sort of combinations you want to look at? Whether you need somebody like Tatiana Heard at twelve you need a bit of bump up the middle, or actually you want to have two first receivers and you might look at Helena playing 12. I mean, it's a good problem to have. But yeah, I I think she's really good in the front field, but because I think the way that she can unlock defenses is really, really powerful, but I also like her in the loose and I think she likes being in the loose, you know, being able to roam, come in the line where she wants to, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's got a box of tricks, doesn't she? She kind of play multiple positions. Played well so, at thirteen.
0: Well, I was going to say it's thirteen slightly more restrictive, and, and obviously, what, what I mean by that is you, defensively, it's it's one of the most important positions on the field. But with that outside break off the shoulder of Tatiana Hurd, ooh.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, she's I think playing at thirteen defensively. You know, she's fine. She's played seven. She's played in the backfield. She can manage that corner space. Oh, she's a tough girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And I think in attack, it all depends on the way that they play. You know, we've seen previously that they use Emily Scarrett a lot on that hard line. She's the one who's kind of trying to join the defenders. But if you keep Helen Arona on kind of being that line breaker, outside breaker, then it could be a really, really smart decision to have her in.
0: Oh, yeah. Emily Scarrett. Um, In a rerun of last year's final, Saracen's host, Exeter, with a host coming up with a 29-22 victory. A very Saracen's-like purple patch over halftime. Neither side of halftime. saw them score 17 points in 11 minutes. Ability, don't they? So after 15 games, Sean Lynn's heart side still lead the way on 69 points. Exeter just behind on 67. Saracen's then on 60 a little drop down to Bristol 51. And you guys, Harlequins, not out of it on 47. This weekend looks like this. Bristol host Exeter, DMP facing lightning while Southsons travel to Worcester and Worcester take on sale. On Sunday, Gloucester-Hartbury entertain Harlequins. It's getting
1: really tight
0: up there. Who's going to make that top four?
1: Well, Exeter and Harlequins. Gloucester. We know, um, and Saracens will hold that position, and, and you know we're confident that we've we, we've got an opportunity to make top four. So you know we we believe that we can. Um, we've got a couple of tricky games coming up, but at the same time, Bristol have got to play top two as well. So they've got to play well. Sorry, they've got to play Saracens and Exeter. So so yeah, it is a big race.
0: So Bristol, as you say, uh, come up against Chiefs um, at home. They then go away to Saracens uh, and then away to Wasp, whereas Harlequins, you're running, uh, as we've already mentioned, um, you're away at Gloucester-Hartbury on Sunday, uh, then home to DMP and then away at Worcester. Oh, there's only one run in there I'd prefer.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Look at you smiling away. And
1: some,
0: <laughs> yeah, and some of the bigger players coming back. May, may I entertain the question as, are we going to see the Berthmeister-General back out of the park?
1: We're aiming to. I actually did my first full training session last night, and I'm sore as hell, but... Um... But, yeah, no, I'm back into training now, um, and we'll just see how the body feels over the next few weeks to hopefully lace up the boots. Just
0: necking cod liver oil left, right? and Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, you reckon you're going to squeeze in 47 points? Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's right, isn't it? Yeah, and then you, you suspect gloss will stay top. So then you play Gloucester again. So, yeah, this weekend, psychologically, is um, is is hell of a game for you guys.
1: Yeah, it, it's a massive game. It's a massive opportunity. We've prepared well so far. Um, you know, when we played them at home, we, it was close, and we had a significant number of players not playing. Um, um, but at the same time, we know that they would have improved and got better. Um, but, yeah, we we want to go and leave a mark, whether that's a win or a lose. We want to leave a mark about what we are about in this league. And, and yes, it's a, it, we want this game this weekend. We're excited about it and we want to see where we are.
0: Yeah. That, that, that back line is, um, is properly, properly firing. I, I love the way Bella McKenzie goes about her business. Um Yeah. yeah I, I, mean, I can't, can't say the certain word on this, on this podcast. It's a family show, but just really doesn't give a, does she? Um, just cracks on it's um it's brilliant to watch uh let's stay on these shores before we was around the uh the oval world with the the rest of the news um but just a report that brian ashton will be assisting the red roses um those of you don't know brian ashton um maybe sort of top end of uh, experience but it's had a huge influence on english club rugby international rugby um He's been involved in international sides, whether consulting or coaching, since the mid-1980s. bit of a visionary, really. Um, and the pinnacle was uh, leading the, the men's side to the 2007 World Cup final, if it wasn't for a Sir so mark. Cueto, foot in touch, or was it? Um, may well have come away with that trophy. Those who kind of know, anywhere he's involved, it's a big positive, right, Berth?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, his kind of CV speaks for itself and what that can offer to that group and to the coaching staff as well is really, really valuable. Um, Like, Let's remember why why we are where we are. It's because the last two World Cups we've not been able to win. And when you've got people with great experience, both in um, Mitchell and Ashton now, um, coming into that fold, that kind of can only be a positive thing. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting exactly how his role is going to work. You know, does he is he going to be working, you know, with the leadership group, closely with the coaching staff, or is he going to have a bigger input across the whole thing? It's it's really interesting to see how that's going to f- um, unfold.
0: Yeah, well, as you know, we've got a little mole in the camp or a big smiling mole in the camp. So uh, perhaps we will ask Sunta when we next have her on the Pod, you ever worked with with Brian Ashton?
1: No, I've not had any involvements with him.
0: But um, those that have, so yeah, truly sort of visionary and is always pointed as um, one of the best coaches that uh, that people ever worked with, and certainly in terms of his attacking philosophy.
1: I'm Helena Rowland and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. In Toulouse, over the weekend, New Zealand were confirmed the HSBC World 7 Series champions, their seventh title in 10 attempts. It was Stacey Flula who inspired the Black Fern Sevens in the gold medal match against the USA, coming back 14-0 down to take it 19-14, stretching their win to 36 games. Australia took bronze with Madison Levi, helping herself to a hat trick. That made her made it an unbelievable 57 tries and and this is a series record. I mean, she's not even been playing that long, and she's just absolutely killing it.
0: And she just got the lot, did not she? She big lady, big frame, great power, off the mark, a couple of steps, got the fend, got great balance for for big lady as well. Um, yeah, she's absolutely killing it as are the Blackburns. I mean, that is utter, utter dominance. What, they didn't win one event, that was it. Yeah. Why?
1: It's a good question. I think everybody want to know why and what's their winning formula. But I think there's a couple of things. I think their programme's been really strong and established in New Zealand for a really long time. The infrastructure and the input and the player association that work with them is is probably world class and one of the best in the world. Um and I just think, you know, the the way that they operate as a group, they the biggest thing about sevens is one of the hardest games, right, to play and you've got to love that and I think that they have this such a strong mentality about their work ethic and how they go about their business that you know, they don't leave anything unturned. Um and it's what's so good about it is that they don't rely on what's been in the past. They always come back wanting to compete harder than they did before. Um, and and people have got, you know, the, I don't know, fear is the right word, but, you know, when you enter the arena against New Zealand, there's a subconscious mind there that's thinking this is a done deal. So they have that edge over everybody, um, which, you know, they've been tested, they've been pushed, but they're still a team that always find a way and win in the end, like they showed in that final down, down 14-0, something they're never used to being in, but still managed to turn it around. And But it's the quality of talent as well. Like the individuals, they're just game changers, like pure game changers. Stacey Flula, one of them, Portia Woodman. I mean, it's just constant threats everywhere. I think when you look at some other teams, you'll probably like pull out, you know, a Catholic and a Levi, and but you could probably say that about six or seven of the Black Ferns players that you know that their game changes and you know that they can turn it on. And and yeah, I mean, it's pure dominance. It's absolute pure dominance. It always used to be a bit more neck and neck with them in Australia, but seeing Australia kind of like just dropped down a little bit and not been as consistent as they usually are, but yeah, fair play to them. I mean, they're definitely inspiring a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the only story of the, of the weekend. Um, Staying with the sevens, many eyes were on that Olympic qualification. Uh, New Zealand, Australia, USA, France already there. Ireland went into the fifth place semi-final player for Fiji, who had started the tournament just two points behind them. And GB just behind them as well. Emily Murphy-Crow rose to the escape, occasion, didn't she? Um Scoring two tries to secure that Olympic place for the first time. Some brilliant celebrations. Um, if you haven't seen those, check those out on CD on social media. Team GB uh reached the quarterfinals in Toulouse, like Ireland Fiji were unable to get past host France, so we'll now have the European Games in late June as another chance to get a spot in Paris 2024. Some positive news out of um, Irish women's rugby,
1: yeah. I mean. It's fantastic for the women that, you know, that was their goal to qualify. That's what they've been chasing all year. They've had a bit of an up and down tournament, um, obviously medaled this year um, at one of the tournaments. But for them to, you know, high pressure, high stakes, big game. I've been there where we were in Amsterdam and we had to beat USA in order to qualify. And it is so tense and it's so like the pressure that is amounted on you is huge. Um, and for them to do that. And, and it was a tight game and it was back and forth and there was moments that Fiji could have run away with it. and But ju- they were just, it, they were possessed. And I actually met with the Irish girls um, in the week and they had over 100 supporters that had come out to be with them and um, sit behind the posts and kind of have their own little area. So I think that made a massive difference having all of them there with them as well.
0: Why, why wouldn't you want to go to to lose and watch some sevens no congratulations to to them um they thoroughly thoroughly deserve that uh that place at paris 2024 let, let, let's stay with sevens and we were talking about australia there um this week shannon parry uh will retire after the uh the test against fijiana saturday we'll see the end of her 11, 13 i was going to say 11 no 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 13 year association with the Wallaroos, uh, Olympic gold medalist series winner, been at four World Cups, inspired a generation of girls taking up the game, including, and again, I point you to social medias, if you haven't seen this, it's just a lovely, lovely moment, inspired the next generation, as I say, including the daughter of Wallaroos coach, Jay Tregenning, uh, he made it an emotional uh, tribute to to Parry. Um, as I say, look that up. Um, remember Australia against Fiji at Stadium More Park in Sydney, seven thirty p.m. local time for that one. Grab a ticket. Obviously, if you're listening, and Australia probably been a little far to travel if you're anywhere else. She's been a fabulous, fabulous servant to the the green and gold, hasn't she? Oh, like hugely, and I
1: think you know she's. You know, there's always some players that do a lot more than just play. And she's certainly one of those. She's been such a driver for her whole squad. At, you know, when things were really tough, when there wasn't much support or resource, she's always been there, always stood up. Um, and she's just an absolute warrior on the pitch. You know, I played against her in both 15s and 7s. And she's she's just somebody that doesn't go away. She doesn't shy away from the hard stuff. And um you know talented really smart player um and she evolved her game over time um and i think that's that's what makes an incredible player is that they're able to adapt and move forward with what's going on around them you know she held her own in a seven squad that had all this young burst in exciting talent and you notice the difference when she wasn't on the field for them um you know she's kind of in that that caliber of of Sharni Williams but yeah massive massive asset to the green and gold. And and it's great to see that she's going to continue in some involvement with the youth and and get her coaching boots on. And what a great way to keep somebody in the game and, and keep all that knowledge and experience.
0: Yeah, like we were talking about earlier on, Piper Duck, brilliantly named, new Wallaroos captain announced overnight. Over to France, the Elite 1, uh, round 10, final round of the regular season has played out. Over the weekend, pool one saw Stade Bordelais win away at Toulouse 24-30. Lance beat Stade Rene 24-15, while Montpellier put 25 points on Chilly Marazin. I mean, it was Stade Bordelais top of the group, with Montpellier in second. Pool two, Lyon lost 38-3 to Grenoble. Tight one between ASE saint and Blagnac 24-22. Babogni travelled to Lille, picking up a 12-29 victory. So Blagnac, have run away with the pool. 12 points ahead of Grenoble in second. This weekend, we enter the quarterfinal stage. On Saturday, Montpellier face FC. Rock went out on Sunday. Stad Bordelais face Perpignan. FC Grenoble, Amazons, everybody they are called face Stad. Toulousien and Bagnac, Up against Loss.
1: And down in South Africa, second round of the women's premier division there was a big win for the Western Province on the road to Boland. The final score was 52 7. There was a tight one between Sharks and Golden Lions, and it was the Sharks that came out on top 17 12. And Border Ladies beat EP Queens 8 18. At this early stage, Western Province lead the way ahead of the Blue Bulls, Daisies, and EP Queens. This week, see Sharks travel to Border Ladies. EP Queens host Bulls, Daisies, and Golden Lions face off against Bland Dames.
0: In Spain, the Ebrador League season has concluded. At the fan, same final stage, Corto Cocos beat uh, Elba. They're in fourth. Elba were in second, 26 12. That score. Majadona, who were in third, beat El Salvador, 45 29. In the final, Cortivo Cocos faced Machadona and Majadona. Came out on top 22-39 to be crowned champions. This is your whistle-stop tour around the world. Fun, isn't it? Uh, all the news smashing in us from uh, all over the planet. Um, it's great to get some of the lesser spoken about news out there in women's rugby. But that's about it for a- another week. Just a few shout-outs to finish up with them birth.
1: So Nepal, Qatar and Turkey have all been approved as full members at the annual meeting of World Rugby Council, which will be held virtually on the 11th of May.
0: Yeah, it's a big shout out to Vodafone. In Fiji, and they have penned a five-year deal with Fijiana 15s with the biggest commitment to women's rugby in the country, announcing a major sponsorship for the Fijiana national team for the next five years. So there's a total sum. A three-point-one million dollars in investment. Huge shout out! Whoop whoop!
1: And Uruguay's capital, Montevideo, will host South Africa's Olympic qualifier.
0: They will indeed. What's up this weekend, Will? birth what are we doing?
1: Um, London Sevens.
0: London Sevens. Yeah, what are you doing forward. there?
1: I'm um, just doing some work with Cap Gemini, so hosting some of the hospitality and just enjoying some of the rugby
0: listen ladies she's on the corporate gig she's on the corporate gig
1: <laughs> schmoozing
0: and schmoozing well enjoy the London 7s yeah do grab a ticket for that one if you're enjoying the men's just the men's 7s at London this weekend some brilliant fixtures in the Prem 15s get yourselves down to that big thanks to you birth to Tom and Vicky as well stay safe
1: until next time